You're listening to the second season of the Junior Hereford Show. You're a Hereford enthusiast, or maybe a fellow junior, and you could be that excited individual ready to take on the future of the beef industry. I'm Ralston Rip, your host. Get ready to learn, lead, and achieve. Welcome back to the Junior Hereford Show. It has been a hot minute, but our spring has definitely been a busy one. And I'm happily back with another episode of Where Are You Now? And excited to sit down with Sarah Rader from Mount Vernon, Texas. And actually got to see her in person not too long ago at Bold down at Desdemona, Texas. And was very excited when we had found a time to sit down and really dive deeper into her story and what she's up to now. So thank you for joining me, Sarah. And well, thanks for having me. Yes, uh, super excited to just kind of have a great conversation and hear some great words of advice from you. But with that, let's go ahead and get started. And we'd kind of talk about a fun question that we like to start off with here is, tell us about a time or the first time that you can remember being around Herefords or even at your first junior nationals um, when it was a really a moment for you with the Hereford breed? Yeah, so that's a, a good question. Um, there's lots of things that I can kind of recall from a young age um, as far as, you know, the Hereford breed goes, but um, like listening to previous episodes and I heard that this, you know, heard this question. So I got to kind of think in and sitting back and really one of my first memories um, is being so excited to go to my first um, state show. Uh, my brother is quite a bit older than me. And so we had been on the road a lot with him showing. And so whenever it was finally my time, you know, I'm, I'm really, really excited. And I was seven years old and um, we go to the state show and I am already, I've got my heifer, I'm set, I'm ready to go. And I have a complete meltdown. I don't want to go in the ring. I don't know what I'm, I've gotten myself into. I just have a meltdown, not like we hadn't been practicing at home or anything. Like I just, it was like, I just, I froze. And so the judge actually, uh, Lorna Pelton was who the judge was that year. And she actually came out, sat down with me, had a pep talk and, uh, you know, got me, got me ready to go again. I get up, I get my heifer and I go into the ring and, and, you know, there, there was, I, from then on sold ready to show all the things. Um, and that's will forever be one of my favorite like backdrop photos. Um, just because I, I remember having that moment where I was like, I can't do this, but I'd been so excited to show my heifer. So, um, we got, we got to do that. And then fast forward, um, to junior nationals that year, uh, it was in Springfield and, you know, the number one rule that we were all taught when we're kids, um, is to never let go, no matter what happens, we're not going to let go. Right. Yeah. So my brother being a little bit older than me, he's coaching me and he's saying, okay, if anything happens, you know, just whatever you do, you don't let go of the halter. And I'm like, I got it. So I go in the ring and uh, naturally something spooks my heifer, you know, couldn't have gone smooth, a uh, little seven-year-old, just whatever. Um, so heifer gets spooked and I didn't let go. <laughs> I got drugged across that ring. And um, after the, after the class was over, I came out and my brother was like, you know, you did good, but at some point, like it, it might've been okay to let go. But I was like, no, that's not what I was taught. So those are like my first kind of early on memories of, of Herefords and, and hitting the ring um, and both slightly scarring moments, but um, I, you know, came back for more and continued on my show career after that. 
Yeah, I love that. It seems like there's such big moments for you, but also because of the little things that happen in those moments. And um, I think that tells a lot about your experience and who you are as a person. And from your start in showing Herefords in those first influential moments when you're seven year old, when you were a seven year old and um, showing with your brother and kind of learning from there, what did your involvement in the Hereford breed continue to look like? Whether it was more shows, more junior nationals or state involvement, um, let's kind of dive deeper into what some of those experiences or involvements looked like. Yeah, so, you know, with my brother being a little bit older than me, he was already kind of established. We'd been showing, and so we just kind of continued. Um, we had, you know, every every year state show and then junior nationals, and it was so much fun growing up. Um, you know, everybody else goes on vacations, right? Um, but our journey looked a lot more like going to cattle shows, and so... <laughs> We, um, it was super fun, you know, getting to go every summer to different places um, across the country. Uh, you know, back then we, we could go to multiple different facilities. Uh, now we're kind of in the realm of, you know, kind of rotates to the same places. Um, but it's so cool, you know, it's, it's something that um, gives juniors the opportunity to get out and kind of see the world and, and, and meet people from different um, parts of the country. Um, all kind of being brought together by that one thing that we all love doing and that showing her for cattle. Yeah. No, um, I love that. And I love that you talked about, you know, people go on vacations and we go to cattle shows. I think like in our barn, the joke was you never went on a vacation without a trailer, right? You never went anywhere without it or without the Herefords in the back. And um, it definitely becomes a family affair and kind of the Hereford family grows from there. Um, I love that for you, um, you know, it's kind of come full circle, you're back home on the ranch and you're really getting to start, you know, not only your career and your success, like your career success story and your goals there, but also on the production agriculture side. And so just, I'd love if you could dive deeper into what are some of your goals that you keep striving for that keeps you working hard, like almost what gets you out of bed in the morning a little bit too. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got really lucky with this position that I, I stumbled across, uh, across, um, and being able to come back home, I, you know, I wasn't sure what that looked like for me. I kind of bounced around multiple different places, different career paths. Well, same career path, but, you know, kind of changing, yeah. areas and different things along the way. And so when this opportunity um, arose, it was, it was kind of one of those like no brainer, you know, God said, okay, it's time to be back in East Texas. It's time to be close to home with my family. Um, my parents, my brother, my grandmother, everybody's here. Um, and our, you know, our operation is here. And my brother has kind of kept that running for many years on his own. And so it's been, it's been really, really great to be back for three years and be able to you know, if we're going to work cattle on a Tuesday, I can say, Hey, you know, I'm not going to be at work on Tuesday. I'm going to go, we're going to go do this. And my company understands that because we build squeeze shoots. So, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, I'm actually going to go live the lifestyle that I'm selling the equipment for, um, through marketing. And so, um, that's just kind of been one of those moments where I'm like, okay, you know, like I finally have gotten, to a point in my professional life where my career aligns really, really directly with my personal life. And so 
you know, not everybody's lucky enough to find that where, um, not only am I close to home, but I'm literally close to home in my everyday, you know, job. And so that, I think it just makes it easy to get up and get out of bed in the morning because everything that I'm doing, I'm super passionate about. Like, I don't have to pretend to be excited to come to work because I am excited to come to work. You know, it may not always be something in, um, you know, production agriculture. It might be something in the rodeo realm or with equine and, and different things. Um, but no matter what, it all goes back underneath that same roof of, you know, what, what raised me and what kind of made me who I am. And so as far as goals go, um, you know, I, it's funny because at, at one point in life, I was like, okay, so I've got to have my five-year goals, my 10-year goals, my, you know, what is my, what's my short term? And then what is my, my long-term? And, you know, used to, I had these long-term goals that once I hit those long-term goals, I was like, like, oh, okay. So maybe this wasn't actually what my end goal was. Now I've got to come up with some new ones, you know? And so as far as goals go, I just, I want to continue building um, my career and networking and getting to know people, um, not just in agriculture, the Western way of life, but across, you know, the board, um, because it just kind of, it all somehow intertwines. It's, it's just so interesting to me, like when you meet people and, you know, you might not necessarily think like, okay, that we've got something like that in common. And then you might find out that they actually were uh, raised on a ranch back home or, you know, whatever. And so, um, it just kind of like, I think my big goals is to really just continue to hone in on my, like my skills and my abilities and just kind of become, you know, the best version of myself and, um, and just continue to be successful in, in my everyday life. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and I love seeing you just like you light up when you talk about it and you can just tell that you love what you do and you're excited about it. Um, and you're always going to be reaching for the next thing, whatever it is, or whether we don't know. Right. Um, yeah, I just, that was awesome to listen to and get to see you light up visually too. So with that, let's talk about what, um, I don't think we've even mentioned, what do you do every day? What's kind of your position with Prefert? Um, and even just expand a little bit more on, I know you get to work kind of in the rodeo side fun. So what do you kind of do every day and what's something fun that um, you get excited about everything you do, but just something kind of fun and unique about your job. Yeah. So, um, my like full job description is one of those things where I could probably sit here and talk about it all day long because every single day doesn't look the same. Um, so my title is public relations coordinator, but underneath that I do, um, our social media accounts. I manage, um, I do a little bit of graphic design, um, I have a pretty big background in video production. So we do have a full-time video person here, but I help him with our video, um, our photography. Um, and I handle all of our sponsor relations and our endorsee relations. And so any um, anything from you know the NFR to the PBR and all of that, I work alongside with my boss, who's the marketing director. Um, and we handle those um, big accounts and then small accounts and then I um, am in charge of keeping up relations with our professional athletes that we work with in the rodeo industry. And so um, kind of like you said, yeah. So I, the big joke that um, I probably have picked up from somebody around here is that, you know, we're a ranch equipment company with a rodeo problem. Yeah. And so we, you know, our first product was a head gate. Um, and so 
from there we've evolved and and we have all of the ranching side of equipment we've got you know that headgate the squeeze chute um, cattle pens working systems everything you name it um, but then on the flip side, we also make bucking shoots, roping shoots, all of the rough stock equipment that you can think of um, and are, you know, the, the biggest name in that industry. Um, rodeos seek us out to be, you know, their equipment um, because it's not only is it good equipment, it's safe. It's safe for both um, the the human and the animal. And that's the same in our ranch equipment as well. That's the number one thing um is safety and and ease of operation um and so it's just kind of been fun to you know jump into i always wanted to stay true to my roots and be somewhere with cattle you know that kind of stuff but a while back i decided okay i kind of want to maybe branch out a little bit and get more you know maybe a little bit more like in the western industry or something and then when i took this job i literally got the best of both worlds because i got to keep true to my roots. And then I got to expand into something that was a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, I, I said something to my boss the other day about how I, you know, I'm not a rodeo girl. I don't, I don't really know. And she was like, you've been here three years. I think at this point, you've got a pretty good grasp on what's going on. And she's right. I do. Um, but I just always want to be very transparent. You know, whenever I talk to somebody, I'm like, okay, if I say something that might sound a little bit uneducated, please educate me because I would like to learn. Yeah. Um, and no, but it's also fun because our rodeo athletes, you know, we get to work with people that also have their own cattle operations. And so not only are we working with them on the rodeo side and they're getting um, roping shoots and things from us, but they're also calling us and getting a squeeze shoot and a full working system. And so, you know, we get to kind of talk shop a little bit and kind of um, get into that atmosphere. So it's just, it's super fun. And, and, you know, as far as what I do here is every single day looks different. Um, you know, we kind of talked at, um, at the bold conference about that. Like I, um, I was asked, you know, what a typical day looks like. And I was like, Oh gosh, well, is it a Monday or a Friday? Because <laughs> each day is different. Um, you know, I might be writing contracts or making a social media plan, um, or getting ready for the next rodeo event that we've got. Um, it just kind of is a little bit of everything in between. And I think that's why I light up and I get so excited about my job because, I might be at a desk sometimes. It may not be every every single day that I'm at a desk, but even if I'm at this desk, there's something different coming across it and um, there's someone new coming to my door. You know, it's just, I kind of never know what to expect each day. Yeah, keeps it fun, fun and interesting for sure. Absolutely. I love that. Well, so now that we've, we've talked about like your job and the really early on stages, um, before I come full circle, what did kind of your education look like um, to get to get you to your job or um, yeah, what's your education look like to get there? <laughs> yeah, so I, um, when I left or when I graduated from high school, I went to Tarleton State University um, and I honestly, I went there um, on scholarship for two years and my plans were to um, transfer and go on to Texas Tech and when I got to Tarleton, I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, I'm a small town girl and it's a small town, um, not super huge college. It's grown quite a bit since I was there. Um, and it just, it felt like home and that was really important to me. And I, I got really lucky. I had a really awesome professor at some point and he just kind of took me under his wing. and was like, okay, you like to take pictures. I didn't know what I was doing with a camera at the time. I was still an automatic, but now He's the one that taught me how to put my camera in manual, how to set it, what to do. He taught me um, video production, 
how to edit and do all that stuff. And then was like, okay, so you're agcom. That's what we're going to do. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Because at that point I had bounced around. I had gone from ag ed to animal production and animal science and just all the different things. And I was like, agcom. Okay. I didn't even know. Sure. Let's do it. So, um, I, you know, kind of really jumped into that and took a lot of classes that would help set me up for success. But when I graduated from Tarleton um, in 2013, I had no idea what that was going to look like. You know, I remember doing a big project um, at the end of my, um, like my last semester where we had to put together a presentation on what all we could do potentially with our degree. And mm -hmm. I really was like, oh my gosh, I can do anything with my degree, um, which kind of sounds crazy, but you can, like you just, you have so many different skills. Like I could, I could have gone the sales route, um, I could have done so many different things in marketing, but, you know, I just kind of, I got lucky with the different um, jobs I held after that, that literally just kind of were almost like stepping stones to get me into the position that I'm in today. Yeah, no, I love that. It's very cool. I think, I love that you talk about your professor <clears throat> and like the mentor that you kind of had come into your life and really help you find those stepping stones, right? Um, I think that's really important. And that's kind of a great lead into, I'm going to kind of tie us all back together of how is being involved in the Hereford Association really helped prepare you for whether it was college or your professional life, or even to kind of return back home? How do you kind of feel the Hereford, American Hereford Association and the National Junior Hereford Association helped played a part in that, in that journey? Yeah, so you know, something that's really cool. I'm glad you asked that because I just realized, you know, it towards the beginning, I didn't, I feel like there's just so many things that we could touch on. And it's like, I'm trying to kind of give a good little summary here, but you know, the involvement in the Hereford breed, um, really set me up for success in life. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities there as far as leadership goes and kind of getting out of your comfort zone and meeting people. And it's just such a welcoming place. Um, you know, you don't really realize at the time when you're in it, what all it's doing for you, but it just does so much for you. And, you know, as far as preparing me for college and my professional life, um, I, I was a director for many years, um, serving with the Texas, um, Hereford Association. I never, um, went on and ran for the board, um, on national level, but, um, you know, with that, you know, you have to learn how to, I, I was the president at one point, And so you have to learn how to lead a meeting and put on a state show and do all of those things. And my parents were directors for you know, my brother's whole career and then my whole, you know, director career. And so, just kind of getting to go through that and be that involved with, um, you know, kind of a, it's a pretty big production. I mean, Texas Hereford is huge. And so um, that kind of helped set me up for success in, in many ways that I didn't even realize until later on in life. Um, and I think that's why, you know, the, the National Junior Hereford Association is so important. Um, and, and it really just is like second to none, like it just sets you up for success. Um, from the people that are involved in it, you know, um, to, to the people that raise Herefords and, and then even the people that we get to kind of touch their lives. Like yeah. it just, I don't know, there just is really nothing like it. Uh, obviously other, you know, other breeds, if, if anyone's listening to this, I'm not dogging on, on anybody else, but, um, we just, I just feel like the people in, in the Hereford industry and just kind of everything there, um, you know, 
I, the person that helped me buy my house recently, we met through showing her for cattle. So it's just kind of like, there's just like little things through life that it just kind of comes back in full circle. And, uh, and, you know, anybody that I showed cattle with or met along the way, um, you know, you run into somebody, even if it's not in a barn, like, you know, that they've got your back and you've got really good, um, resources and just kind of, you know, there's just so much there. Um, and so just overall, you know, like Herford just really does. It just prepares you for being a successful adult. (laughs) I think, um, the coolest thing is like, it's almost like it's so unique and like what I think makes people be so speechless sometimes is like, it's such founded on tradition, but we're so innovative too. And so willing to preserve our history, but not be afraid to pave a new path or to grow it and, um, keep building good people to be involved in the breed. And absolutely. What makes, yeah, I mean, there was, there was so many opportunities whenever I was a junior, but I feel like that's just like 10 times more opportunities now for juniors. Like I, it's so impressive to watch all of the things that, you know, every single year it's like, well, what, what else could they possibly add um, to this program to make it better? And then they do something, you know, just, it, you know, just kind of going back to the bold conference. Like that is something that I, I just, I truly hope that, you know, juniors and, and everyone understand the opportunity that you'll have at your fingertips. Like that was so much fun for me to be able to be a small part of that experience. But um, that entire program as a whole is definitely something that, um, is going to be beneficial and, and just really make success for, for those people that, that choose to apply and participate in that. Um, I def, I wish that was something that would have been around, um, back whenever I was a junior. That's it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So with that, as we're talking about juniors, what would be some words of advice that you could share with juniors, whether they're hesitant to get involved on the showing or the leadership side, um, what, what would you kind of share with them and want them to remember? Yeah. So, you know, first off, I think that, um, just getting involved in general, just, um, you know, just showing you don't have to, you don't have to get involved in all the things your first year. Uh, I think you should, but you don't have to, if you want to just show up and raise, raise an animal and get out there in the ring and just get that experience. Um, that alone just gets you out of your comfort zone. And it also teaches you discipline and, um, you know, being, being responsible and being able to take care of something that, um, you know, and watch it grow and, and, and get better and learn how to be successful in a show ring. I think that alone, um, is a good life skill. And then on the other side, like, with the leadership stuff, um, you know, I encourage every junior to get on, um, you know, the board of directors and, and to potentially run for that national board one day, and then, you know, be involved, even if it's something as little as entering the photo contest or, um, you know, doing quiz bowl or any, any of those things that you could do, like, it's all a learning opportunity and it's all ways to um, kind of sculpt and mold yourself into who you are going to be one day as an adult, even when you don't realize it um, as a junior. Um, And then, you know, apply for scholarships, like take advantage of the things that the Hereford breed has to offer um, while you can use those opportunities um, because it may not seem like it happens quickly, 
But before you know it, you're going to blink and you're going to be at your last internationals um, out there on the dirt. And you're like, oh my gosh, or out in the shavings. And, and you're like, oh my gosh, why, how did this happen so fast? Like just yesterday, I was seven years old and I was walking into my first arena and then getting drug across it. Um, you know, so it's just kind of, it's just crazy. Just the biggest thing there, I think, you know, as an overall summary, um, if I were, you know, just have to hit it in, in, in one sentence, what I would say to um, juniors that are either just getting involved or maybe have been involved for 10 years um, is to take advantage of everything that the Hereford breed has to offer you. Yeah, I think that's a great way to sum it up is just to say yes and jump in and not be afraid of it. And um, I, I definitely love that word of advice, Sarah. And I think that's something just for every junior to remember is not be afraid to just start. And before we kind of wrap up, I do have a fun question that I've asked all those that I've got to visit with over the podcast. And I'm really excited to hear your perspective and answer. And that question is, how would you define success? So I, um, I cheated and I listened to some previous episodes um, so that I could prepare myself. And you, I noticed that you had asked that question to everybody. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is a huge question. Like that could go any direction. And I, every single person you would ask that to would obviously give a different answer. Right. And so success looks like I just said, it looks different to every person, but to me, um, it really is just kind of seeing a goal come to fruition and seeing, you know, seeing something be a success. Um, I was trying to think of a different word to use so that I wouldn't just be repeating, but, you know, as far as like, if you've got something in, in your world that you want, um, you know, career-wise for me, I wanted to be able to go to work every day and love my job and, and have a good time. And, that is truly um, something that I, I have gotten that success. I can say that I love my job and I get, I love where I get to go every day and, I, and what I get to do. And so I, I consider that extreme success um, because not everybody has a career that they love and they don't, you know, get out of bed every morning, like excited to go to work um, or spend a weekend at work or, or whatever. And so that to me is something that's, you know, successful, but um, you know, also like the little things, um, as far as, you know, your, your goal or your dream may be to something as small as, um, winning, um, a county fair, or maybe you want to win a class at junior nationals, or if that's not big enough for you, you want to, you know, take the whole thing. Um, but no matter what, like if you, if, if winning a class at junior nationals is the farthest you ever go, then that is success for you. Be proud of your little accomplishments. Not everybody is going to be overall. It, it just, it doesn't work that way, right? Um, but just make sure and and hone in on what is important to you. Kind of how you said at the beginning, um, you know, staying true to yourself. Um, and it, even if it is something something small as as getting up every morning and, and getting dressed and going and showing up and being accountable, um, you know, I consider that success. So it could be, you know, everything from those big goals to um, just, you know, showing up every day. I, I just consider that a success. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think what I 
really appreciate what you said is that it is unique to everyone and just showing up and finding your success is is how you define success. So that's a very fun question. And I've learned a lot and been inspired just getting to ask everyone um, how they define it, because it is so different or it's so per based on their perspective. And I really appreciate your perspective. And I'm grateful that you shared with us. So Sarah, um, I just want to sincerely thank you for joining us on a Where Are You Now episode with the Junior Herford Show. And um, I wish you all the best in continuing to reach your goals. And I truly thank you for being a role model in my life and an awesome NJHA alumni to look up to. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Awesome. Well, that is all we have for this episode. And we hope to see you next time on the Junior Herford Show. Thank you for joining us for the Junior Herford Show. Stay tuned for the next episode and be prepared to continue to learn, lead, and achieve.